0: WABC New York and 107.1 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know. With Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports, Lou Dobbs Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC.
1: Yep, that's me. Five o'clock on a Friday morning. Happy Friday. Good morning. It is Friday, April 7th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, cloudy day on the way. Chance of showers, high 59. Tonight, overnight, those clouds hang around low 38. Saturday, sun and clouds, high 52. Sunday, sunshine, high 50. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 49 and cloudy in southhold
2: With Kizik hands Free Shoes, motion sounds
1: something like this. 55 in Hamilton and it's 52 in cloudy. Let's check that. 55 in cloudy here in Midtown. So happy you're here. As always, so much to get to. I might be a little more grumpy today than I normally am because, um, uh, it must have been midnight. No, maybe it was one this morning. All of a sudden, I feel something on the side of my ear and it is licking my ear and I look over and it's the dog and I realize that the dog is trying to tell me that it wants to be taken out for a walk. Now, you know, one in the morning is like for me, I got another hour, an hour and 15 minutes of sleep and I look around the house and the house is full. There's kids, there's friends, everybody's off from work today. The wife who's lying in bed next to me, she's off today, yet somehow I am getting licked by the dog to take her out. And so I look around seeing if anybody else is going to get up. I mean, well, the kids are in their own rooms, but my wife, she's not moving. So how is it the guy who gets up at uh, 2.20 in the morning is the same guy who was out at 12.45 last night walking the dog? (laughs) So, But you know what? Everybody's off today, so there was a lot of people out. So that was good. And thankfully, she did what she had to do very quickly. But, of course, then you do that. I had to put the jacket on Walker and then come back into the house, put the jacket away, go back upstairs. And by that time, I was like, I might as well just come to work. So um, if you'd think somebody like the wife next to me say, hey, you know what? I get to sleep in today. I'll take her for a walk. No, nah, that did not happen. All right. Let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Cops say they've collared the man who shot a rookie cop. A Brooklyn family wants justice for their brother who was beat to death. Two Tennessee lawmakers have been forced from office over anti-gun protests. One New Jersey town is forgiving parking tickets. And a New Jersey shore town has a really creative way to lure in workers. All right, let's then jump into it at 5.03. A piece of good news as we are coming onto the air. A person of interest connected into the shooting of that rookie cop earlier this week in Queens has been taken into custody. They think they have the right guy. This was a... In the Bronx, they took him in, a regional fugitive task force finding him. And so uh, they had had this $20,000 reward out for this creep, who shot 22-year-old officer Brett Boulder, a rookie cop, shot in the hip Wednesday, underwent surgery at Jamaica Hospital Medical Center, where he is still recovering today, not expected to release from the hospital for a couple days. People in Queens who knew the officer say, even though he'd only been on the job for three days, said he's very engaged, and I imagine he will be again when he gets out of the hospital, people will be happy to hear that they found somebody finally
4: just knowing that he was newly on the force was really extraordinary because i i don't know if i would have done that 3 months on the job but he did he came there and he gave us all in all
1: yeah and had been involved in some some community projects that the NYPD does with officers where they have them go out to meetings and this woman knew him from a meeting was very impressed
4: he was very concerned he was very involved in the tasks that we had that we were given Um, He was engaging with us. We're looking forward to when he walks out that hospital because we want to be there and be able to greet him and let him know that we are all a team. All right.
1: So the good news is we had posted this on the wabcradio.com website yesterday, really clear pictures of this creep. And uh thankfully, somebody either turned him in or the NYPD, which always does an amazing job uh, looking at surveillance cameras, talking to people who are able to find him. We'll get more information on him, I imagine, as this morning wears on. WABC News Time 505, the NYPD reporting a 23% drop in shootings so far this year. Let's get the latest on that from 77 WABC's Alex Barnard, who joins us live. Good morning, Alex.
2: Good morning, Noam. Yes, that's right. NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell says only 222 incidents have been reported so far in 2023, compared to 289 in the first quarter of last year.
5: As we look back on the last three months, along with the prior year, it's clear that we have made progress, but we know there's a lot more to do. And we will continue to use every resource available to make our neighborhood safe. What we've seen so far this year is a further 23% decrease in shooting incidents and an over 17% decrease in shooting victims.
2: There was also a drop in four of the seven major crime categories last month.
5: New Yorkers should know that their officers remain committed to doing that which is necessary to keep our great city safe.
2: Murder and burglaries saw the greatest improvement overall, with murders down by more than 11% and burglaries down by 12.5%.
1: Okay, with all these numbers, Alex, usually there's numbers where things have either gone up or they've stayed the same. What, What categories are those?
2: Right. Well, so far what they're reporting is the number of overall arrests this March was 12.3% higher than March of last year, and there were 29. Well, thankfully as they said there are 29.4% fewer shooting incidents in Manhattan, but the biggest number of increase were cars being stolen off the street. Um, with grand larceny auto thefts up 14.3% on the month. And the other big uh, major category of increase were... Uh Even though hate crimes of most categories have significantly decreased compared to a year ago, anti-Jewish crimes specifically and gender-based crimes uh, both saw a huge surge of 52% and 200% respectively. Wow, that's big
1: numbers. All right, WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. WABC News Time 509, we were talking about the NYPD, those crime numbers which have gone down into four categories. NYPD also testing out some flexible schedules. As part of a new eight-year contract that was made with uh, 23,000 members of the PBA, Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell says under the six-month pilot program, hundreds of officers can work 10- or 12-hour shifts with more days off. This agreement...
5: Officers, more family time and a better quality of life. Enhanced
1: deployment flexibility for the department... The mayor has said he's recently more open to flexible, remote, and hybrid work for city workers. That's because city workers are leaving because there's other jobs that give them that hybrid thing they want. So they're going to do this as well with the NYPD, giving them the chance to work longer shifts to work fewer days. The heartbroken family of a man who was brutally brutally beaten to death in an unprovoked attack in Brooklyn last week. the calling for justice and hopes cops will find the killer. 55-year-old John Sarkees had given up his career to take care of his mother. Last week, as he was running errands for her in Dyker Heights, a man jumped him and did not know them. this was a completely unprovoked attack and beat him to death.
5: They're all kind of frantic right now. We don't Honestly know if we 're coming or going
1: yeah that 's his sister. The attack took place in front of a deli. This was Thirteenth Avenue. Police say a man known in the neighborhood as a bully attacked him with no provocation, vicious robbery. Uh, he could have just taken his stuff and ran off of them, but he contended to pound on John until he was dead.
4: He punches the victim from behind. The suspect then kicks him multiple times in the head, rendering him unconscious. He removes money from his wallet and then throws the wallet back onto our victim.
1: Yeah, so he would die in the hospital a few days later. Police yesterday identifying the suspect as 45-year-old Philip Myers, a repeat violent offender who's well-known in the neighborhood. Now they just got to find this jerk.
5: My hope right now is that um, justice will be served, that the detectives that have been working on the case continue to do so and find the person that they're looking for. Um, I'm hoping for peace for my mother and our family and just to be surrounded by family and friends.
1: So police say Myers, who also goes by the name street name Mustard. This will just drive you crazy. So he beats this poor 55-year-old guy to death who is home taking care of his mother. That is enough to drive you crazy. But here's even worse. The guy who allegedly killed him has been arrested not once, not 10 times, 17 times this guy has been arrested in his 45 years, including one time for murder. And yet he's out on the streets to commit another murder. So uh, he's been implicated in this one, detective saying, hey, somebody out there knows where he is and they need to turn him in. Let's hope that happens today. 512, out to Staten Island, New York, Congresswoman Nicole Malliotakis says former President Trump won't get a fair trial in Manhattan, so she wants the trial to take place in Staten Island.
2: Can this really be a fair trial with jurors um, from Manhattan when we know... That the vast majority of people
1: in Manhattan dislike him. Now, we have Taka saying Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg campaigned on ousting Trump, which means a majority of jury members probably voted for Bragg. And of course, Trump only got, I think, was 12 percent of the vote here in Manhattan. It was a much higher number on Staten Island. And she says there are actually more Democrats than Republicans on Staten Island. But she says she thinks he would get a fair trial on Staten Island if that trial even takes place.
2: Because, you know, just based on voter registration, you have more Democrats than Republicans. However, it was a much closer election for President Trump. And quite frankly, they elected a district attorney who ran on. He was going to get President Trump.
1: And then you have a adult film star, porn star, whatever you want to call her, Stormy Daniels, said she would absolutely testify against former President Trump if a criminal case goes to trial. In an interview
0: with Pierce Morgan Uncensored, Daniels said she looks forward to testifying as she claims she's the only one who has been telling the truth. Trump on Tuesday pleaded not guilty to 34 felony counts of falsifying business records. The charges are related to hush money payments made to Daniels during the 2016 presidential campaign to cover up an alleged affair. I'm Mark Mayfield.
1: WABC News Time 513, let's go down to Tennessee. to Democratic lawmakers expelled from the Tennessee State House of Representatives over protesting for stricter gun control laws. One of them, Representative Justin Pearson, defends their actions, saying a spark is needed to change things in Tennessee. What
3: it truly means to fight. What it truly means to get to the center of the conversation. Yeah. To get to the issues that are at stake. Yeah. And sometimes that takes... Breaking a few decorum rules.
1: A Republican-controlled House removed Justin Jones, Justin Pearson yesterday and claims... They violated the House rules. Democratic Representative Gloria Johnson uh, survived after the vote. So this was an interesting moment that I'm sure lots of people point out. The two people that were expelled were... Af- three people were up for being expelled. Two that were expelled were African-American. One of them were white. Whether that has anything to do with why they were expelled, we don't know. Hundreds of protesters gathering at the state capitol yesterday in support of those three lawmakers. Because
5: this is just the beginning. That's that right. when they expelled us, it wasn't about us individually. That's right. It was an attempt to expel and silence a movement.
2: We are marching into fascism with a supermajority that has proven that absolute power corrupts absolutely. And then you had
1: the Tennessee House Speaker Cameron Sexton says the expulsions are simply because he says the representatives didn't follow the standards on the House floor. I'm
2: concerned about the House floor following the process and procedures that are laid out that you should follow and not having a protest, as it was described over here, on the house floor.
1: Yeah, no doubt this will not be the end of that story. 5.15 now, let's head over to the 77 WABC sports desk where we say happy Friday, good morning, Justin Ellis.
5: Well, happy Friday and good morning to you, Noam Layton. Hockey took front and center last night with the only local action being on the ice. The Islanders eviscerated the Tampa Bay Lightning at home, bearing them by a score of 6-1 after a scoreless first. It was a huge four-goal second period for the Isles that broke this one open. Adam Pellick, uh, Brock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri, and Ryan Pulak all lit. The lamp in that decisive second frame, while Elias Sorokin shut down Tampa in the crease and route to the win. With just three games remaining on the regular season schedule, New York is in a battle with Florida and Pittsburgh for the two Eastern Conference wild card spots. With all three teams winning last night, the Panthers and Isles are still tied with 89 points each, with the Penguins red on their heels, just one point behind. New York will see if it can gain some separation in that regard come tomorrow when the Philadelphia Flyers come to town. In Jersey, the Devils already playoff bound but decided to beat down on the Columbus Blue Jackets anyway, to the tune of an 8-1 final score. Jack Hughes was everywhere last night, finding the back of the net twice, and setting up Timo Meyer on two other tallies. The Devils won the game with their special teams, killing off all five Columbus power plays, while scoring twice with the man advantage, and once shorthanded, they'll try and keep it going in Boston tomorrow night against the Bruins, and in St. Louis, the Rangers lost an overtime a heartbreaker to the Blues, final score being 3-2. to Tarasenko and Trocek were responsible for the two Blue tallies, but it was Kasperi Kapanen who decided uh, things for the Blues in overtime. Then the winner, with just over, a, or just over a minute, I should say, into the extra time. The Rangers are just one point ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs for that Eastern Conference four seed, so they'll have to stay locked in here down the stretch. They want to hold on to their current positioning. They'll try and do just that starting tomorrow night in Columbus against the aforementioned Blue Jackets, looking ahead to local action today and tonight on the Diamond. The Miami Marlins are set to pay the Mets a visit. That'll be Edward Cabrera going up against Tyler McGill at 1.10 p.m. First pitch. The Yankees, they have yet to name a starter, are going up against Baltimore's Dean Kramer. That three-game set starts against the Orioles today at 3:05 p.m. And on the hardwood, the Nets get set to welcome in the Orlando Magic at 7:30 and at 8 p.m. tonight. The Knicks they'll pay uh, the Pelicans a visit in New Orleans, and of course, the Masters got underway yesterday. Your leaderboard, leaderboard, I should say, looks like this: Brooks Kepka, seven under is tied for first with Victor Hovland, who's also seven under, and that's a three-way tie. Actually, Nomer John Rahm is seven under as well. So, as we go into the Friday at the Masters, that is
1: your leaderboard, and, and that is your sports. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Can I ask you a dopey question? Sure. So, the green jacket's everything, right? You yeah. Get yeah. How do they know how to size the green jacket?
5: Uh, I think they probably have a tailor on site oh. who's like, I mean, golf takes a while. So you could a lot of times you know, they know who the winner most likely will be. Right. Probably by the time Sunday's round begins. I mean if it's close then you might not know, right? If you have a three-way tie like you had like you have starting today, if you have that starting on Sunday, then I guess you have to have three jackets, right? I got you. Cuz yeah. it
1: always fits perfectly. Like you know, I want to go in and see like the sleeves too long yeah. or it hangs over his butt, but it never happens. I'd
5: imagine way. if a tailor works hard, I, the only thing part that takes long for tailors to tailor your suit I think is because they have so many other suits to tailor. But right. if they're working on one suit, how long could it take? That is true. You there's make no an excellent way, point.
0: There's no way there's a tailor on site. <laughs> I think there might be. Why not? There's no way. This like, is
5: Augusta National
1: we're
0: talking about. But it fits about.
1: perfectly. The jacket always fits perfectly. It's, like Joe Aboud is standing by waiting to size him. <laughs> yes. yes. He might be. You yes. never know. Okay. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Now, that sounds all right Yeah. Something fun. I've always wanted to know. So Some classic like, Georgian fella. We didn't clear it up, but we've come close. <laughs> WABC News Time 5:20. A new report claims Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas accepted luxury trips from a Republican donor for decades without disclosing them. ProPublica reporter Justin Elliott says the Supreme Court lacks oversight that can allow something like this to happen compared to other branches of the government.
3: How exactly this works for the Supreme Court is actually incredibly opaque and how or whether they actually police themselves themselves is an open question and they're sort of not answering questions about it.
1: The report from ProPublica details luxury travel around the globe and outings on yachts and private jets owned by businessman Harlan Crow. ProPublica claims the hospitality not disclosed on Thomas's public financial filings with the Supreme Court. 522, let's bring it back home, friends. Of a beloved 19-year-old EMT from Long Island who collapsed and died suddenly at her home after finishing an overnight shift paying their final respects at her funeral, Susan Giovannello's fellow EMT colleagues had responded to the emergency Sunday but were unable to save her.
4: Three of our members responded and then the rest of us went up to the
2: hospital and we were there until the end.
1: Yeah, so what caused her death? That is under investigation, but you can only imagine How doubly tragic this was was, is that the EMTs who were responding to her call were the EMTs who worked with her. Uh, Nassau County officials uh, and the coroners trying to figure out exactly what killed her. But a 19-year-old, no doubt, nobody should be dying that young. 522 out to New Jersey. Officials in Fairlawn postponing the implosion of the former Nabisco plant. We told you a little bit about this story last week. The Nabisco plant Right there, uh, in Fairlawn Major Highway. If you ever drove by when the factory was up and going, it's, you could smell the sweet smell of almost Oreos in the air. But now the factory's been moved away and there's thought that there was asbestos in part of this factory. The town claims they were able to pull all the asbestos out and then they were going to do this sort of spectacular implosion of this tower at the site. But people in town said, no, we don't want that to happen because what if there's asbestos in that tower and you had exploded? That means it'll go all over the area. Once
0: a new date and time has been established, a designated area. I should
1: point out that this is the mayor of Fairlawn saying, okay, now we're going to put it off. It was supposed to be next weekend.
0: has been established, a designated area will be established for the media only and will be coordinated and monitored by the Fairlawn Police Department. The exact location will be provided once it has been designated. Yeah, so
1: that was a recorded phone call sent out to people in Fairlawn. Uh, they did not expect this reaction from town. People were the press that would be interested. But of course, anytime you do a big implosion explosion, people want to see it. So now they're going to Take some time to just make sure they address the concerns of people in Fair that this is going to be a safe explosion and that there's not going to be asbestos blown into the air. There
0: will be no viewing area for the general public. Road closures, parking lot closures, and detours will be in place on the day of the implosion. Please avoid and refrain from being in the area surrounding the former Nabisco property. All right. They
1: don't want us there is what they're telling us. 524 The family of a New Jersey girl who committed suicide inside a school say she was essentially bullied to death. Eliana Luabo spoke about the delay of the death of her 11-year-old daughter, Felicia. Here she is, the mom.
2: They called her gay. They called her straight. They called her bi. They called her all kinds of things.
1: Yeah, she says her daughter had been bullied for years at F.W. Hobline School and that they had reported it a bunch of times before her death. The school district declining to comment. The student was found unresponsive in February inside a bathroom stall at the school.
2: Teachers were witnesses to most of the bullying, physical altercations that were happening in classrooms and on school trips.
1: Yeah, but this is the second story like that. You'll remember there was that school uh, in Monmouth County, where the girl also committed suicide, not inside the school, but also there was a video of her being bullied that had been uploaded to Instagram of her being beaten down in the hallway of the school. And then just a couple of days later, she took her life. So just sad what's going on in these two schools in New Jersey. Let's stay in New Jersey. It was a week ago tomorrow that seven tornadoes ripped through and across New Jersey. Neighbors in places like Jackson, Seagirt, and Howell Township still trying to figure out what needs to be repaired and how much it's going to cost them.
5: Pulled back. The roof in the front, and then the water came in.
1: Basically, the whole front of my house is going to have to be removed and replaced. Yeah, so watching yesterday as claim adjusters could be seen walking the streets of these towns where these tornadoes touched down, taking notes, trying to figure out how much they'll pay out to those homeowners who saw siding and roofs rift off, in some cases trees on top of their homes and their cars. Uh, the New Jersey state, uh, New Jersey state climatologist. His name is Dave Robinson. He's been around for a while. I've interviewed him numerous times. He says people across the Garden State should be prepared for more of this kind of weather. He says weather patterns, so severe weather like tornadoes could become the new normal in New Jersey, and for that matter, across the tri-state, right? We had those tornadoes in Lawrence Township back in February, and then you had these tornadoes last weekend. I don't remember ever talking about tornadoes a couple years ago in this area. We
5: are primed for more extremes, and that's due to the heating of the atmosphere and the oceans, the ability of the atmosphere to hold more moisture when it's
1: warmer. Yeah, so his argument is the warming of the planet. His planet continues to set off these weather patterns, whether you you believe it's man-made or natural. He says either way, it's happening. And he says don't be shocked if you see more tornadoes and things like this, uh, stuff that always seem to happen somewhere else happening here in the tri-state. We got a lot more to get to before we roll into the six o'clock hour and sit in friends in the morning. A New Jersey politician, wait till you hear what he was up to when he wasn't trying to pass laws in New Jersey. While we're in the garden state, one town is forgiving parking tickets dating back to 2017. Yeah. Okay. They're going to lose a lot of money there. And, um, I know Alex spoke about this yesterday, we're going to get a little bit more into this story of the city council. New York City Council is going to try to pass a bill that would make it so you could not go after people in the workplace over their weight, over how many tattoos they have, or whether they're short. In other words, you never wouldn't be able to go up to somebody. Now you can, by the way. You can go up to somebody in the workplace and say, hey – You're too fat. I don't want you on the job, which would be an awfully cruel thing to do, but you could do it and get away with it. If they, uh, pass the spill, those people who are overweight, who are short like me, um, or who have lots of tattoos would be protected. We'll get into that and we'll ask you what you think of it before the hour is out. But first, WABC News Time is 530.
0: (laughs) The seventy-seven WABC News Hour, talking the news with Noah Laden on seventy-seven WABC. The power of information, twenty-four-seven. Download the all-new seventy-seven WABC mobile app. Talk radio, seventy-seven WABC. Talking the news with Noah on seventy-seven WABC. This is the seventy-seven WABC News Hour with Noah Laden. Yeah,
1: that's me. Five thirty-one on a Friday morning. Good morning. It is Friday, April seventh. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center: cloudy day on the way, chance of showers. High fifty-nine tonight overnight those clouds they hang around low 38 saturday sun and clouds high 52 sunday sunshine high 50 if you're walking out the door with us right now so happy you are 49 and cloudy in south hold 55 and hamilton and it's 55 and cloudy here in midtown let's start in new jersey in the second half hour where there are calls today for a new jersey politician who faces drug charges to resign councilman Malik Johnston, who is a councilman in um, uh, in Flemington, has already apologized for the embarrassment he's caused to the council he sits on because he's been busted for trying to sell drugs to an undercover cop. Now, you would think that might be enough to force somebody out of office, but apparently it is not. Forty six year old has been charged with selling cocaine and methamphetamine to an undercover officer. At a council meeting, a woman asked Johnston to resign, alleging actually that he had approached her daughter, who's a teenager, a number of years ago and tried to sell drugs to her.
0: You asked her if she does crystal. That's what you asked her. And she got back in the car and raced home and said, Mommy, you know that guy Malik in the red car? He asked me if if I do crystal. What's crystal? My daughter says she goes to school with one of your sons. So how can you ask my child? My beautiful child, if she wants to buy crystal.
1: Yeah, okay, so she's been waiting, apparently, to tell that story. Johnston, who's a Democrat, not saying anything, won't talk to the media, but uh, he did, through his lawyer, say even though he was busted for selling drugs to an undercover cop, uh, he is not going to resign. Other Flemington residents taking to this town council meeting, encouraging, encouraging Johnston to quit office.
5: Malik, you need to step down. Now I know. I thought it was one voice.
1: Now there's multiple voices. Yeah, so Johnson's attorney says he's not stepping down right now. His term ends later this year. While we're in New Jersey, out to East Orange, uh, East Orange has decided to give drivers with past parking violations a huge break. So if you're unlike you and me who pay our parking tickets usually right away, if we hadn't paid our parking tickets, now you'd have them paid for you. God, I wish I lived in East Orange. East Orange Mayor Ted Green announcing yesterday that the town will uh, forgive all unpaid parking t- tickets issued from 2017 through 2021. That means anyone with a parking ticket issued between those years will no longer have to pay the fine.
4: On the average, we are seeking to dismiss over 300,000 parking tickets at A course of 54
1: per ticket. Yes, it's it's the East Orange Mayor, Ted Green. He says it's a matter of economics, not for the city, because the state actually benefits more from those parking tickets than the city does. It's about $16 million in fines, but he says uh, a fair amount of the people in his town just don't have money. So they can't afford to pay these parking tickets. And you can imagine that's made him kind of popular, Ted Green, with people who owe lots of money from past parking tickets because
4: a lot of people can't afford to pay for the parking tickets and they eat storage there's actually no parking spaces in you storage because i got my tickets on Grove street and Eaton place in front of my building It's no parking there it's a good thing it's a good thing um
1: we need any help that we can get yeah it's a great thing if you just don't pay your parking tickets to have someone say they'll pay them for you so now he says okay We're going to pay your parking tickets all the way back to 2017. But starting today, if you get them, you better pay them because we're not going to ever do this again. Here's somebody who is actually out on the streets giving tickets to people.
3: But now that COVID is over, we're returning to our new normal. We've started full-time enforcement day and night overnight. So we encourage people to get a permit and to feed the meter.
1: Yeah. Okay. So if you have one of those tickets and you parked in East Orange and you haven't paid it, you actually have to go to the courthouse to resolve it. You can't do it online. But uh, you can get it uh, taken care of, apparently. 536, let's go down to uh, Baltimore. A report detailing decades of child sexual abuse within the Archdiocese of Baltimore now made public. Maryland Attorney General Anthony Brown posted the report yesterday documenting abuse of at least 600 children. It states back to the 1940s. Pervasive, pernicious,
0: and persistent abuse by priests and other archdiocese personnel. It's also a history of repeated cover-up of that abuse by the Catholic Church hierarchy.
1: Yeah. So included in this report are names of 146 abusers identified by the AG's office with 10 other names that have been redacted. 456-page report. Uh, is up on the AG's website. The Baltimore Archbishop William Lori apologizing, saying abuses are shocking and soul searing, and he acknowledged that the evil acts did occur. The absolute authority and power
0: these abusive priests and the church leadership held over
1: survivors, their families, and their communities. Yeah, so, unfortunately, a m- number of these abusers have long since. Passed away. Uh, don't know what's going to happen to the ones who are still alive. WABC News Time 539. Let's go out to San Francisco with this wild story of the stabbing death of one of the founders of the Cash App. Cash App's one of these ways where you can transfer money from one person to another. Family, friends, colleagues mourning the loss of this tax executive, Bob Lee, who was stabbed to death in San Francisco. They still don't really know exactly what took place here. One of Lee's friends... Was former MMA fighter Jake Shields, who said Lee had no enemies and he doesn't understand why anybody would attack him. He'd energized at
0: night, you know. Maybe he was working. Even he could have been doing anything. But we have, we have a right to go to walk the streets at night
1: and feel safe. "Yes." Yeah, so apparently, this 43 year old had bought a place in Florida because he said things had gotten so bad in San Francisco, and he wasn't living in a bad neighborhood, by the way, because he was an awfully wealthy guy. And the other part of this story is apparently after he was stabbed on the streets, this was about 2 in the morning, there's video of somebody walking by and not helping him, which is – just unbelievable
4: this is a a senseless crime and i think it's made all the more problematic for the people who are reacting to it knowing that we don't have a suspect in custody
1: yet yeah so all the uh, tech folk reacting uh twitter ceo elon musk calling the attack horrific uh, more of his high-tech friends i have heard
0: from a lot of people who i represent in this neighborhood um you know they have
4: expressed their concerns about some of the public safety challenges they're facing.
1: Yeah, San Francisco, of course, having some of the same issues we are with these violent, unprovoked crimes. It's going to be hard to imagine a world where you can't call Bob and say, hey, I have uh, I have this problem I'm thinking through. Can you help me through it? Yeah. So uh, no motive known. Don't have the guy who did this. But they do, again, have video of somebody who saw Bob Lee lying on the ground after he'd been stabbed multiple times, moving still, still alive. And they walked right by him. Five forty one down to D.C., the Biden administration releasing what they call after action reports on the twenty twenty one withdrawal from Afghanistan. President Biden led a deliberate, rigorous and inclusive decision making process that was responsive to facts on the ground. Yes, yeah, so you might not be surprised here. A summary of the chaotic exit this from the Biden administration largely blames former President Trump's administration for problems that occurred. As U.S. troops were leaving, National Security Spokesman John Kirby says President Biden was faced with limited options due to a lack of planning by former President Trump. He added that no U.S. agency predicted the country would be overrun by the Taliban so quickly. Decisions made and the lack of planning done by the previous administration significantly limited options available to him. I bet there's a lot of people who don't agree with that. And no agency that the more than 300,000 trained and equipped Afghan national security and defense forces would fail to fight for their country. 543 now. New York City Council considering bills that would protect overweight or tattooed New Yorkers from workplace and housing discrimination. Mayor Adams says it's one thing to have a small amount of tattoos, but if you have them all over the place, he doesn't have a lot of sympathy for you. But
4: him. if you, if your whole face is tattooed with something that's derogatory, like, you know, I love Trump or something like that, then, you know, do you want that person to be your customer service? Right? You're
1: right. Okay. So here he is, right? Listen to what he said there, right? He says he wants to maybe pass this law that would give people who are either overweight, tattooed or short like me, uh, Protective status where you couldn't be fired for being any of those things, overweight, short or tattooed. But he but he would go after somebody who had a Trump tattoo. Listen to this again.
4: But if you if your whole face is tattooed with something that's derogatory, like, you know, I love Trump or something like that. So then it's service? okay. Right. If
1: you're a Trump supporter, it's okay to to boot you out of a job, right? And is anybody else hearing it the same way I am? The legislation would expand the city's uh, civil rights law to designate people who are overweight, short, or have tattoos as a protected class of people. There's only one other state in the country that does that, uh, Michigan. So New York would become the second one. But this is real. I've seen it happen. I've heard stories where, uh, in one case, this woman told us the story of being a receptionist at a front desk, and her employer came to her and said, you've gained too much weight late recently. We don't want you to be the front face of our company. They told her this, and she was fired, and there was nothing she could do about it because they're, they're not a protected class. Uh,
4: uh, no, no, I don't. I think even when Oh, I was, so
1: uh, Mayor Adams uh, says he once was a heavy guy, but he never was discriminated against. Uh, uh,
4: no, no, I don't. I think even when I was heavier... Um, you know, I'm still a good looking guy, you know.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, so we went to the streets. We wanted to ask you what you think should overweight people, short people like me or people with tattooed be a protected class in the workplace or when it comes to going into housing. And here's what you had to
3: say. Well, we're officially into April and I haven't been oh, to this inc- isn't him. Well, let's see. Pulse of the people.
1: That's weird. All right. Don't know why that's not there, but it's not. So we'll pretend like we never introduced that piece of going to the pulse of the people. And at 545, we'll instead go to the WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Alec. Did you hide that audio from me, Justin? No, but that's a
5: nice pivot out of you.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That was weird, right? Like I had set it up so nicely. And then it wasn't there.
5: Well, uh, clearly um, the machine is out to get you. It you know? is. Yeah. It is. Let's just blame I, the machine. I
1: like you calling it the machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs> in the way of sports, though, gnome hockey took front and center last night. With the only local action being on the ice, the Islanders eviscerated the Tampa Bay Lightning at home, burying them by a score of six to one after a four, uh, scoreless first. It was a huge four goal second period for the Owls that broke this one open. Adam Pellick, uh, Brock Nelson, Kyle Palmieri, and Ryan Pulak all lit the lamp in that decisive second frame. While well, Ilya Sorokin shut down Tampa in the crease and wrapped to the win. With just three games remaining on the schedule, New York is in a battle with Florida and Pittsburgh for the two Eastern Conference wild card spots. With all three teams winning last night, the Panthers and Isles are still tied with 89 points each, with the Penguins right on their heels, just one point behind. New York will see if they can gain some separation in that regard. Come tomorrow, when the Philadelphia Flyers come into town in Jersey, the Devils are already playoff bound, but decided to beat down on the Columbus Blue Jackets anyway to the tune of an 8-1 to final score. Jack Hughes was everywhere last night, finding the back the net twice and setting up Timo Timo Meyer on two other tallies. The Doubles won the game with their special teams, killing off all five Columbus power plays while scoring twice with the main advantage and one handed They'll try and keep it going in Boston tomorrow night against the Bruins and in St. Louis. The Rangers lost an overtime heartbreaker to the Blues. Final score being 3-2. to two. Tarasenko and Trocheck were responsible for the two blue shirt tallies but it was Kasperi e. Kapanen who decided things for the Blues in overtime. Net in the winner just over a minute into the extra time. The Rangers are just one point ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs for that Eastern Conference 4 seed, so they'll have to stay locked in here down the stretch. They want to hold on to their current positioning. They'll try and do just that, starting tomorrow night in Columbus against the aforementioned Blue Jackets. Looking ahead to local action this afternoon and tonight on the Diamond, the Mets they get set to welcome in the Miami Marlins. That'll be Edward Cabrera going up against Tyler McGill at one ten p.m. Eastern Time. As for the Yankees, they've yet to name a starter going up against Baltimore's Dean Kramer in um, that series opener at 3.05. And on the hardwood, the Nets get set to welcome in the Orlando Magic for 7.30 p.m. tip, and the Knicks will be out New Orleans against the Pelicans at 8 p.m. And of course, the Masters got underway yesterday. Here's your leaderboard. You've got a three way tie atop it. Seven under is your leading score. Brooks Kepa, Kepka, the uh, live golf defector, uh, Victor Hovland, and John Rahm all tied atop that leaderboard. Uh, with sports on 77, WABC, I'm Justin Allen.
1: WABC News Time 549. I'm sure you'll be relieved to hear that I found that audio of people talking about whether people who are overweight are short or tattooed should be a protected class in the workplace or when it comes to going to the housing which would mean you could go after somebody if they fired you for being overweight for being short like me or tattooed so we went to the people and let's hope it works now that i've set it up a second time uh bob brown asked you what you thought about that well
4: i'm only a visitor to the city so um i couldn't tell you the, but it does seem it does seem bizarre
0: and, fired for being overweight, right? That sounds...
4: Uh, it seems a little harsh, yeah, yeah. There's
0: a law in the books in New York they're trying to change that an employer can fire a worker for being overweight. How incredible does that sound to you?
2: Won't allow it to happen. You, you'll,
0: it will just never happen, as far as you're concerned.
2: Yes, it depends on the job. Does that have anything to do with it?
0: Well, if someone told me earlier, well, if you're a track coach i can see it right but
5: <laughs> if, if you're a flight attendant and you're going to block everybody's exit i mean it just depends i guess no no we're not we're, no, we're opposed
2: no, no. we're opposed yeah
5: but the flight attendant's the only one that makes sense if it's going to like endanger no, if, if your job is, or yeah or right. if you're a firefighter and you can't pass the physical because they're supposed to run up the stairs and carry you down. So if they can't even
2: walk up the stairs, so I don't know if they should get fired or maybe they should just get because they they wouldn't reassign maybe they yeah. Would have, yeah until they until they get their fitness up. But certain jobs you gotta be fit.
1: All right, five fifty one. Could a new movie about Air Jordan shoes, of all things, become the year's sneaker hit? WABC's movie reviewer, movie freak, Joe Malisci, has a movie review. I'm very curious about this flick and curious to hear what Joe has to say.
3: Well, we're officially into April, and I haven't been too impressed with many of this year's releases. But let's talk about a pleasant surprise in this edition of Cinema in 60 Seconds. Today we're going to be talking about AIR, the story of how Nike and Michael Jordan started one of the most popular brands in history. This movie was actually a nice change of pace from what's been released so far. Ben Affleck did a great job as both the director and one of the starring roles, and the entire cast did a great job with their performances. This movie was very funny, which is good because I was worried that this was going to try and be some sort of over-dramatic telling of the story, but everything was relatively lighthearted and it became serious where it needed to be. If you need a fun movie to watch this weekend, I would definitely recommend this one. From 77 WABC, I'm Joe Malisi with Cinema in 60 Seconds.
1: All right, maybe I'll watch that movie. 552. Let's go down to Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis, of course, has not announced whether he's making a White House run. It sure looks like he's going to. Made a pair of speeches in Michigan yesterday. A
5: poll uh, can tell you a snapshot in time, but it does not tell you what the results would be if a leader sets out a vision executes on that vision, and then delivers results. Leaders are not captive to polls. Leaders get in front of the polls and then shape public opinion.
4: Yeah, I
1: think DeSantis responding to there the fact that uh, his poll numbers have not been good as of late. Most of them show Donald Trump, at least nationally, with a 25, 30% lead over him. But by the way, there was a new poll out of Iowa where Trump only had about a six or seven point lead over DeSantis, a guy who has not declared yet.
5: I am not going to just put my finger in the wind and try to chase poll results. Uh, I'm going to set the rudder to true north. Uh, and I'm going to do that. And I know there's all kinds of stuff that happens on the daily news cycle. I'm not going to let that divert me on our
2: off, of course.
1: Yeah. And of course, he's going mostly after Democrats, not his fellow Republicans. What I
2: see around the country with Republicans is they started to develop a culture of losing.
5: We saw it in Wisconsin with this Supreme Court race. We saw it with a very disappointing midterm elections.
1: Yeah. And on the other side, is Joe Biden going to make another run? Of- it looks like he's going to, but a new poll finds just a third of American voters want him to run again. That's according to a new CNN poll. The survey found 32% of respondents
5: think Biden should serve a second term down from 37% who said the same in a December poll. Another 67 percent of voters said he shouldn't be reelected. Biden has yet to officially announce his reelection bid, but is expected to roll out his campaign in the coming months. Nearly 70 percent of Democrats and Democrat-leaning independents said they just want someone besides Joe Biden. I'm Lisa Taylor.
1: All right. New York Auto Show returning to the Javits Center today. New York Auto Show spokesman Nick Crispy says the show will feature several electric vehicles and 70 percent of attendees uh, he says have no plans to buy a car but he says a lot of times the shows what propels them to actually go buy one afterwards. So it's really just
5: a fun way of getting people into electric cars, letting them understand what it's like and, and how easy and normal it is to drive.
1: Yeah, so like in years past, you can sometimes test ride some of these vehicles indoors.
2: You're now seeing you know, more and more cars that are coming into the market more models and more product that people can be able to choose from.
1: Yeah, that's a, the auto show is huge. Opens today at the Jaffet Center. There's New artwork at City Hall, including a large picture of Mayor Adams. Deputy Mayor Maria Torres says the art in government buildings help reflect and reveal the rich diversity of the city. I guess also along with that picture of Mayor Adams. Art
0: in our government buildings and civic spaces, they really help humanize these spaces. But they also help us reflect the rich diversity of our city.
1: Yeah, so apparently there's this push now to put more artwork in all government buildings across the city.
4: We want to turn our public spaces into artistic expressions of the diversity of this city.
1: All right, down to the Jersey Shore and New Jersey Amusement Park. Maurice Piers, you probably know that one, using a creative way to get summer workers. This is always a really difficult thing to do to get people to work for the summer. They've gone overseas to get people. Uh, but it's always tough every summer, Jersey Shore, same with shore towns on Long Island, to get people work in the summer. So the company's putting vinyl clings that look like seagull droppings on car windows, and then it has a scannable QR code on them. So they think this is the way, so if you go back to your car, it looks like a bird has done its business on your car, and then there's a QR code, you go to look closer, and they think this is going to attract workers, or at least people, let people know that there's jobs available.
2: There's so many ads out there looking for employees, so we want to make sure that ours stand out.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it will. They're hoping those uh, 16 and older will use the QR to code to apply for work. Um, so uh, here they are.
3: I think they're kind of conflicted. They want to have a summer of fun. They want to hang out with their friends. They want to maybe do a job that's not eight hours or ten hours long.
1: Yeah, well, that's part of the problem is kids today more likely we are going to go to summer camp than they are to go get a summertime job. And a social media prank has landed one woman in Southern California in the hospital. If you're somebody like me who scrolls through TikTok, you've seen this challenge or you've seen this prank where someone's like in a hardware store and they take a bucket and they throw it over an unsuspecting shopper's head who's not facing in their direction. And then they put a bucket on their head too. So it makes it look like somehow they both were pranked. Well, in this woman's case... Uh, she went into some sort of shock after being the bucket put over her head. Um, sometimes these kids think that what they are doing is a prank or something that they can put on
5: their social medias. But in reality, it's a crime.
1: Well, in this case, uh, this woman went into an epileptic fit. She has an epilepsy after the bucket was put over her head. So. I'm guessing that video was not posted online. Um,
2: and then that's just when it happened. Everything went dark. I immediately felt something come over me and a human presence behind me. I started screaming. Um, it was, it was really abrupt and, um, it really scared me. It is
1: a funny prank when it's not somebody who goes into an epileptic fit. Bucket over your head, bucket over their head. It makes for great, great fun on TikTok.